The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Tech Cat Show with host Lori H. Schwartz. Each week we hear from established leaders in the technology and consumer industry. Finding out the scoop should never be this much fun. Now, here is your host, Lori H. Schwartz. Hello, and welcome to the Tech Cat Show. We have a very exciting episode this week with the fabulous Shira Lazar, who is many things, including a television personality, an actress, a writer, a video blogger, and one of the founders of What's Trending, which is a unique publication that's both uh, audio, video, and uh, text that really features the latest trends in the online digital media space. And Shira was one of the first people to, to recognize the value of the influencer in content on YouTube and the value of all these new unique unique, talented folks that were creating um, unique forms of video online. So let's have a big Tech Cat welcome for the fabulous Shira Lazar, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Appreciate you having me today. (laughs) It's so great to have you. And Shira is everywhere at all times, hosting, moderating, and doing your thing. Can you give the the folks um, listening a little bit of a background on your world and how you started and what you're up to? Oh, wow. It's a very big... uh Big question, I guess. Uh, well, I'm from Montreal. <laughs> uh, my background is in communications, and I was always interested in video production and broadcasting and non-scripted, unscripted talk shows, news magazines. But I, I came out to L.A. at a time where YouTube wasn't around. I wasn't going to work at the local news stations. It just wasn't my thing. Uh, but there were some websites that were starting up and doing video, and it was in the very early days where it was QuickTime videos and a lot of buffering. And I loved interviewing people, and so I started becoming kind of a go-to on the red carpet for a lot of the websites. And at the time, all these websites were at the other end, so we'd have a lot of time to hang out. I, I just started meeting a lot of founders, and I was one of those on-camera hosts at the time that also had a producing background. So I didn't need to be micromanaged. I was very much a self-starter. And so a lot of other sites, as they were getting to the video space, I started to be a go-to person to ask how how they should approach video, their strategy. And then through that, it was the beginnings of really, I would say, tech coming into Los Angeles, where there was there were never really any mixers or startup get-togethers here. It was all happening in Silicon Valley. But... Uh, you know, I started being approached to MC and moderate these meeting of the minds between the tech and startup, startup communities and entertainment uh, communities that were just starting to understand the importance of tech. And, you know, it, it was a scary time in many ways. Like, both worlds did not want to get to know each other. A lot of times one thought the other, you know, they were better than the other. And I would, in many ways, bring both together, and I was excited about that, and bring the red carpet, I guess, to the tech space. And and as celebrities started getting involved, like Ashton Kutcher, 
place was I saw that there was a real need to bring together both worlds through media and storytelling. And so I kind of let go of just doing entertainment news and red carpet stuff. And I found there was a beat to covering internet culture and digital trends. And this was at a time where, you know, what's trending the phrase wasn't really, wasn't being used. I mean, Twitter was barely around. Ashton Kutcher wasn't even at a million followers at the time. YouTube was just getting started, but was just a place for really evil, you know, random viral videos. And I started interviewing celebrities with apps or founders like David Carr from Tumblr or P. Cashmore from Mashable and uh, talking about what they were doing that was like the more the human aspect, like how is this going to change the world? Like why should people want to connect with this? So it wasn't really tech reporting and it wasn't entertainment news. It was like this weird place in the middle. And I found um, that brought brought me to, uh, I guess, a niche where uh, I started bringing that to news networks and CBS News bit and I became a blogger vlogger there and from there started interviewing people that were going viral on the internet uh, and this is like I'm going on tangents but it was at a time also where a lot of blogs would pick up these viral videos but no one was talking and interviewing the people behind them and for me I felt like those were like the modern day human interest stories and so I started getting the exclusive video interviews because once again it wasn't like the morning shows or talk shows were interested in this yet now they are now they scoop everyone and it's hard to compete against like flying someone out and, and they get the exclusivity not just for TV but digital because they understand the power of that now but at CBS News I was getting all these interviews and, and then this thing called VidCon came about which was uh, it's like you know, the Comic-Con for YouTube. I'm assuming people that listen to this might know about it. Yeah, we interviewed, and, um, we interviewed Jim Louderback a few months oh, ago. Oh, there you go. There you go. So, yeah, I mean, I approached the Vlogbrothers and I said, I do red carpet interviews here in L.A., but the difference is I also work with CBS News and I interview viral stars, so I think it would be really cool to set up a press area red carpet for these content creators. And so if you go back to the VidCon YouTube channel, the, the first videos are me interviewing some of these YouTubers and it's like, it's like a camp, like us at camp years ago. Like we all look so young. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then from there, kind of, I was like, wow, this is crazy. There's a movement here seeing fans lined up screaming for these creators to meet them. And, And that was, and many will say this, that was a very important historic moment in the digital video space where we all saw the power of this in real life. And and that's where I, I really started being intrigued and passionate about, I guess, the cause of documenting all this and creating programming around this culture. And from there, created a, a show that was like the Inside the Actor Studio for YouTube stars called The Partners Project. And then What's Trending came out of that, you know, in 2011. And we partnered at the time with CBS Interactive and AT&T to launch it and then went out on our own. And it was a show at first uh, where, you know, live streaming, weekly show, high quality with a blog around it and social and got nominated for an Emmy and uh, won a lot of awards for interactive programming. Uh, but then from there, just as the landscape changed, short form programming was more, you know, how people were consuming as well as, I guess, the value of an IP and, and a brand. Uh, we built it beyond just a show into, uh, yeah, an actual media brand and company that uh, has owned and operated properties, uh, you know, we're moving beyond the focus of YouTube to our .com, which is growing significantly every month, uh, creating stories that 
change depending on what social platform you're on and how people consume content on those social platforms. So we're really thinking about all that right now as, as we build this next generation brand and very much for the millennial audience. So the most interesting thing about what you guys have done um, is calling it even what's trending because this concept of, you know, YouTubers and influencers and something being so important right then and there that audience goes to it at that moment in time and can't be left out, which is a very millennial concept in itself, but you actually operationalized trending to be something that had value, right? Because we're all used to it now, but you guys are really Yeah, the first at the time in 2008, yeah. I mean, when, when we acquired the website, it was a fashion site. So when we would say the term was trending to a lot of people, they thought we ran a fashion brand. <laughs> now, of course, we get it's, kind of, it's the modern day water cooler. And so now in a, in a space where we were, there was a lot of white space in the past and we occupied a very important place in that white space. And as obviously more companies have come into the fold that raised, have raised a lot of money. And I would say a lot of traditional publishers have come in and they see the importance of also covering what's trending, quote unquote, but they call it their own thing. Uh, for us, yeah, we're constantly thinking about, okay, with all of that happening, how do we continue to evolve and maintain our, you know, our flag <laughs> within the community and within, uh, like, a broader audience at large? And I think, you know, uh, the, we have credibility within the creator community, which is, you know, beyond data and stats and mass consumerism, uh, I think... I, I think and I believe there's a huge authenticity and value to the relationships and care we've built within the creator community, and, and that continues to separate us uh, in terms of how we curate and approach stories and, I guess, put a spotlight on the next generation and what and also what their fans want. So, you know, no matter what, you could, like, add scale and all these different special things to a company and go global and all that. But uh, I think what continues to resonate with influencers and with their fans is the fact that we've been in it from the beginning and we've cared about what they're doing before other people did. And that's what will allow us to continue to tell stories uh, and compete, I would say, with other companies who might um, say they have this many views or this much audience um, but we might approach, you know, I would say creators or approach a format and be able to execute on it because of our, I would say, passion for and, the and space your, that we and your have. authentic credentials for having been the first to market <laughs> with it. Well, when you say influencer and creator, because this comes up a lot, what's really the difference there? I think they're kind of one, well... I would say some people are influencers. It's like them; they could model, and I guess that's their creation. They're 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 almost performance artists. Like they pose. You could be an Instagram star and an and uh, an influencer, but and you create in your own right. So I kind of use them together. And but I do think that I think there's like the traditional view of a creator where you are a performer, you direct, you shoot and edit and you and you're a storyteller in that regard but creations and storytelling and all these words are kind of like this day and age 
a piece of content can be a GIF, can be an image, can be a video, can be a tweet, can be a Facebook post. It's just anything I think that uses content in different ways to drive engagement and emotion with uh, an audience. So I think that right now, yeah, like, I, I mean, I kind of look at it a bit, you could look at it a bit deeply, like, in that way, which is how I look at it when we're approaching our own content as creators, quote, unquote, uh, it can mean many things. And I think we need to start looking at it like that. Uh, right. We're talking about interactive media right now. And so there's all different different types of content in the day and age. It's not how we traditionally looked at it. Right. It's but, not- but I think some people, some people might be, I think, because, of, like, they look at traditionally how creators are, are regarded. And I think they don't want to, they, they want to stay in that definition, in that mode, because it's scary. It's scary to acknowledge someone who is just posting a picture or might be a model or might just tweet and have a huge following as a creator. And we want to disregard that. And I think we kind of need to look at the validity of that because in the end, that's still a piece of content and there's still an audience around that. That's a great point, Michelle. We're going to take a break right now. And when we come back, we're going to dig a little bit into how you've actually turned this into a business where you have brands and companies sponsoring um, the different types of content, as you were just mentioning, that you guys put together and how you bring these influencers and creators to the What's Trending platform to create engagement at events and for charity and and just across the board are are building a really interesting content business. So we'll be back with the fabulous Shira Lazar and the Tech Cat. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform. Innovate. Create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CTN CIO Talk Network, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjoke All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjoke All at CIO Talk Network. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to lori at techcat.tv. That's lori at techcat.tv. And we're back with the fabulous Tech Cat Show and Shira Lazar. 
queen of all that is trending in the online space. And uh, Shira and I were just talking about the differences between creators and influencers <laughs> and uh, forms of content. But what I wanted to get into is how Shira has really turned this into a marketable business that that brands are are surrounding and paying money, real money, um, to create content and engagement um, around what Shira is doing. So I know you have something really cool coming up with the Red Cross. And- yeah, I was going to say, I was going to my random theorizing creators and I realize like anyone can create an influence as a community and it's engaged, interactive and it's that power that you don't need uh, an intermediary or someone else's platform but you have direct influence and engagement with an audience. For instance, I mean, that gives me a creator but not an audience and that audience is influence. Gotcha. So there you go. <laughs> but um, going back to what we're doing, we just launched a campaign with the Red Cross and iHeartRadio. Uh, it's part of their Two Steps, Two Minutes campaign uh, for fire safety and prevention. And so how all came about is training does an end to which we describe as a Jerry Lewis telehealth of the digital age. We typically do it for the holidays. In the past, we've raised over $100,000 for charities like the Covenant House, which is almost easy. And how that got started was it was, you know, uh, it was a good way to get the community together offline in Los Angeles, um, all the influencers, digital creators, and stars to come together, celebrate, and give back for a good cause, as well as have programming that their audience can interact with. And, you know, with their audience being young and of all ages, you know, it's easy with all of us being online. Tweeting is easy, but so we... We found a, an easy way to give back. They have brands donate a dollar per hashtag to the charity. Uh, so they, this is thank that we do as part of the show. So it's like a variety show performance, fun stuff. But uh, Red Cross found out about it, and so they wanted to do one with us in April for this big campaign they were working on. And as part of that, we uh, launched a PSA with a ton of great digital stars like Glozell, Bart Baker, Frankie Sunday, Brittany Froland, Storm, and many more. And uh, that was kind of the beginning of the push towards the actual event, which will be at the iHeart Theater in April. And and when um when a brand like Red Cross comes to you, I mean millennials love social good, and I and I know so many charity organizations are trying to figure out how to reinvent donations since, to your point, the, tri- the traditional telephone model doesn't really work and it doesn't resonate with millennials. So what do you think is the secret sauce towards leveraging your creators and influencers to get millennials engaged with social good? Yeah, it's hard because I think that each influencer has their own cause that they're very passionate about at times, hopefully. Uh, and they do their own birthday campaigns and off throughout the year. But then so it's about finding also the thing that you want to, want to bring together on and that they'll be part of to actually care about. Because uh, a lot of creators, I find, tend to jump on board their own thing, and then that's the one they want to do. And, and they don't really want to be involved with anything else sometimes. You'd be surprised if that's what they're putting their effort. And they don't want to spread themselves and dilute their message. Um, and that's very scary. I, there's a big challenge that as other campaigns pop up and other charities c- come up and 
they want to work with influencers, how do they break through and say, okay, we know you're doing all that other stuff, but why is this important? Like, and I think one, the first thing is, why would an influencer want to be part of it? Besides the fact that it's going to help people and it's social good uh, and it's a charity, they work with other charities and they hear a lot about different things they could help with every single day. So you have to approach people that you know will resonate with the nonprofit and the cause. Like if you're approaching an influencer that you know, you know, doesn't like, I don't know, something or doesn't talk about the the, the topic that that charity is part of, then that might not be a good fit. And it's like no harsh feelings to anyone. Uh, so I think it's about, one, tapping into the right people. Don't just use an influencer or reach out just because they're an influencer. Understand who they are and their background and why they would care about this issue. Uh, secondly, I think it's not about just dropping in like a piece of content out of nowhere. It's like have a strategy and um, be consistent with it over a certain period of time. So, you know, the way we work a lot of times with, you know, it would be nonprofits, let's create a video campaign and smaller pieces of social content throughout a few months leading into a tent pole, a big event that will bring people together. Because I, I think that people expect, oh, if you get a big star and you just create one piece of content, like, there's your campaign. And it just doesn't work like that. Like, no one with – there's so much noise these days. Like, no one's going to notice something, even if a huge influencer is involved. It's just, like, one thing happens. There needs to be some consistency and other, I would say, content around it from them and from, you know, other people in a way for their, their I would say, communities to interact with the piece of content as well. Uh, I, I see Prizio, Chidio, uh, there's, it's a platform that a lot of influencers are doing really good work on that helps raise money for charities because a lot of the challenges, like people will interact with the piece of content and the cause, they'll tweet it or maybe share it, but it doesn't mean they're donating money, which is a huge issue right now. So with Prizio, uh, and we're using them for the Red Cross campaign as well, uh, Influencers donate experiences and their fans can bid on it and donate, uh, for those experiences. And there's, you know, someone can win, win it in the end. So you end up actually raising money for the organization, which is really great. So I think like platforms like that are really changing the way these next generation stars can jump on board these types of campaigns and, and not just make it about social interaction because that's great and everything and it's marketing, but people you need to raise money. And, you know, represent.com too, which they do T-shirts and influencers can do branded T-shirts and uh, exclusive for a certain period of time and all that money goes to a campaign. I've seen a lot of success around that too. So there's different ways people are experimenting these days. But I would say also bringing together people like everyone together for one event really helps energize people at the same time. Right. And then everyone starts noticing. It's kind of the FOMO effect, right? right, right you see everyone at an event, everyone's talking about it. Like, oh, I don't want to miss out. So if I'm not there, <laughs> I want to be part of it in some way and contribute to it. Now, uh, speaking, so that's speaking, what I see working as well. Speaking of events, uh, the event space is definitely something that you are very much a part of. I mean, certainly when I'm out and about, which is not as much as I used to be just because I'm too tired. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, uh, trust me. And it happens to me as well. Well, yeah, and I have the, the kid, but the, I'm always impressed because I, I see you in important places all the time doing your thing. And I know you have um, a big, you always do really interesting things at South by Southwest. Um, how, how important is South by still? Because uh, I always hear a lot of 
chatter that it's lost its relevancy, but yet then every everybody last minute ends up ends up going. So, yeah. what is your overall perspective on the importance of a show that that used to be sort of the turning point for a lot of big announcements? I mean, I think that yeah, I see a lot of brands who are there the previous years that are now stepping out. They've kind of experimented with it. They've been there, done that. As while there's more money coming into the interactive space, it also there's more uh, opportunities. So they need to pick and choose where they want to be and how much mo- a, a chunk of money they want to put to things. And it is a sh- hugely expensive activation when you do something there. So to, at a certain point, some of these brands need to decide: okay, is it worth spending half a million on this, or for one thing that might get a bit of noise, might not, or you know, be able to do three activations in one quarter that's the same amount. So it's, <laughs> I think it's, it's always conversations. that balance. <laughs> what? It's, it's always that balance, right? Like how much... Yeah, that's the conversations people are having. Like what really different can we do that no one is doing? And, and the fact is, like, and if we're going to do something different, it's going to cost a lot of money. So is it worth it just doing something that's outside of the noise at a different point and getting more buzz for it? And that's why, I mean, Apple has Macworld outside of... CES, right? Right, right. And uh, that's why it's exactly Steve Jobs thinking way back when uh, was to do a separate event because why be part of all of that? Own own a moment, uh, which is definitely hard to own a moment when you're surrounded by a lot of parties and other things. Like half the time, people drinking, not even knowing why a brand is there. They're just you know enjoying the free happy hour. (laughs) (laughs) However, at the same time, you know, for even a company like us, like I still want to have a presence there. We want to be there. And so it's about finding effective ways to do things and have a presence while understanding, you know, where do we actually want to put our resources? Because at the end of the year, when we're looking at growth and revenue and audience, like, is being at South by going to help with that? And if it's a no, then, you know, there's no point of wasting your time. Use it for, you know, marketing perception and ability to see and be seen but maybe you might want to move on from focusing on something huge there. So those are all those things. But as much, as much as there's some brands leaving, there will be new brands that will come in that have new teams that have never been there and will experiment with what that's like. So I never think that it will, it will get dry. <laughs> like, right. It will dry up. But I do think there has been some change and evolution of brands and namesies I've seen in the past that aren't there now this year, definitely, or just a ton of last minute stuff. So it's really being being a smart smart business and and evaluating the the value prop of an experience. We have to take a quick break, but when we come back, I want to talk to Shira about what what technology trends are happening in your world Mm -hmm. that you think are the most relevant for both your clients and, and also for yourself, because you're really talking to on a daily basis all of these great influencers, creators, brands um, who are on the cutting edge of their, you know, businesses. And I'd love to hear from you what, what's keeping them up at night with these new devices and trends. And also, what do you think is really important? So we'll be back in a moment with the fabulous Shira Lazar, the What's Trending Guru, and the Tech Cat. Tech 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform. Innovate. Create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. The Leadership Hour explores what it takes to become a leader who inspires. Inspirational leaders drive higher creativity, lower turnover, and better quality work. Yet few understand their impact on others. We are blind to what we do and don't do well. Training can help, but only if we know our blind spots. To hear strategies for becoming an inspirational leader, join Christine Cowan Gascoigne on the Leadership Hour, where leadership and inspiration intersect. Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to lori at techcat.tv. That's lori at techcat.tv. Hello, everybody, and we've just been chatting with the fabulous Shira Lazar, What's Trending's hostess, moderator, and businesswoman, and we were just talking a little bit about South by Southwest and making really smart choices about um, where you choose to create engaging events and, and the relevance of those different events. Now, I wanted to ask Shira, you know, talking to so many of the, the hottest YouTube stars and content creator stars and then also brands, what are some of the tech trends or business trends happening right now that the folks that you're interacting with are talking about the most? Definitely. Always changes. There's always a new app, a new thing. But live is something, it's funny because I was doing live in 2011 and, and that's what we won awards for. And everyone's like, wow, it's live. Everyone's going live now. I was like, actually, we were doing that years ago and Ustream and Livestream were around. But now the reinvention of that in the social space, you know, through apps and, and mobile and everything. So that's been interesting. I think Facebook Live is something that a lot of people are talking about. You know, we had Meerkat and then Periscope kind of took over Meerkat. But then Facebook seems to have a really much better way to integrate and ping your fans. So a lot of people are seeing much more engagement around Facebook Live. What sucks is that you need to do it through your phone, which which is great. But, like, as an organization, if you wanted to, maybe not just do it on your phone, but connect it to a TriCaster to do more high-quality live stream at an event, you can't necessarily do that right now, which hopefully I think they're going to change that soon. So that's definitely something people are talking about. Uh, Musically is something an app. I suggest you check it out. It's kind of like Dub Smash. A lot, you know, a lot of uh, influencers, at least like some influencers I'm around, are talking about it in terms of the engagement and how 
for singers in the music world, it will really be powerful once you what's can link it, what's out it called? to songs. Say it again. Musically. 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 Okay. Yeah. So once you, you know, because of the engagement, like you could post something and then uh, if you're on the front page, which not everyone gets on, but it's a good way to see how engaging an audience is. And whenever I've gone on the front page, you know, I would have, I would say almost a hundred thousand likes and engagements and you'd see a direct increase in followers, like more so than I've seen on any other platform that will do features like that. So that was pretty amazing. And that's a younger app and company. Uh, so that's been pretty uh, cool to see. You know, there's a whole GIF world that I know there's a Jiffy, it's a new app. I was actually I was actually interviewing someone for social media for what's trending, and they were talking about how they use it to communicate, and it's just like, or not just GIFs, and it's a way that they communicate with their friends, and they're seeing a lot of people adopt it right now. So it's, that's fascinating. And so I think we're just finding new ways to connect with each other, I would say privately right now, which I find fascinating. So how do you... How do you, do you sneak into that as, as media brands and publishers? How do you become part of that conversation? Because people are starting to have their own offline, kind of offline, online conversations. Uh, and then how do you use those trends to tell better stories and innovate on our own p- platforms? So I'm always just thinking about that. And I think a lot of people are thinking about YouTube and like, what's the future of that as Facebook's coming in with video um, whereas the community might not be as strong on Facebook right now. Like I think the community that was built on YouTube is so special. The social aspect on YouTube has been recently just not there. I, I, a lot of people are talking about that. Uh, the, you know, the collaborations that people used to do right now, unless you annotate and directly tell your followers to subscribe to someone else if they were in the video or it's in the link in the description. If that person like likes or comments on your video in the past, that's how their followers would find you and your followers would find them. But right now it doesn't show up in people's feeds. Since the Google plus uh, integration was disconnected, like there's no connection from one person's feed to mine and mine to someone else's. That's like a huge issue. Yeah, I mean, I can have a big YouTuber on my video and they can comment and like, and it's not going to show up in their subscription feed. And why did or, they, I mean, why in, did they yeah. do that? I mean, obviously, it must be... Well, the Google Plus wasn't really working. <laughs> and that, it was then connected. Comments used to go through that process, and then they connected it to Google Plus, and so comments were going through Google Plus, and that's how people saw what your actions were and what videos you were looking at in terms of uh, engaging with whether it be favoriting or liking. So that's kind of frustrating right now. Uh, I think for a lot of YouTubers, just, there's a sense of frustration around the community elements and like discoverability. So unless the video goes viral or has that SEO factor, it's hard to discover what other people you're following are commenting on and engaging with. Right, so, so that, that takes, takes out that whole um, community piece. I, I always found Google Plus, and even when you have multiple YouTube accounts, it's very confusing to find where your creator area is and then where your social feed is, and then it's it's, it's not... Yeah, so if they had a way, like Facebook, you go, and then you go on, you know, you go on your page, and then you have the people you're following, and you could see what they're reading and sharing, and that's how you find out what your circle's watching and it's like that discoverability is important to why things get shared on Facebook and 
YouTube needs to figure that out right now. And what That's about definitely any, an issue? Any any um, fun gadgets or toys that you've recently bought? Well, no. VR, of course, is a big thing. Like we're definitely talking to brands and platforms about how we can experiment with some of our programming in VR, and also create other original programming that makes sense in VR. Like that, the experience is is unique for VR specifically. So that's definitely something people are talking about. I see even the red carpet B-Mobile shows, uh, big entertainment shows were using it on Facebook. And that was really cool to see. Remember at the end of the night at the, you know, after Grammys, I was on my phone checking my Facebook feed and did I do that before the sad, sad life I live sometimes. And it was so cool to see. I think it was entertaining to see did uh, VR on the right purpose. I was actually in my bed looking up and down on my phone and doing my thing. And I think for events like that, it's going to be really cool to see how people use it and how how seamlessly it integrates into the platforms that we all watch video on. Uh, so so not, not, definitely, having to, uh, not having to stop what you're doing and get glasses out or goggles no, out? No, I think people, yeah, I think people will, like, obviously that's, like, the better experience. But I think it's how do you make it more accessible? And I and I was even watching it like that. Well, I looked really dumb. I looked really stupid, but I was just like moving the arm around like I was crazy. Time <laughs> it was kind of fun and interesting. Well, aren't there different concerns if you're when you're do, you're being the actress part of your business and the host? Don't you have to, you know, prepare yourself differently physically if you're in a VR situation and an HD situation than? In the old days. You be proud. Embrace all your angles and curves. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're just getting to a place where you just have to be okay with being you and find less of a gap between who you portray yourself as and who you are. And then whenever there's more, um, you know, the, the camera lens and gets more, you know, high resolution or there's more places you can see your yourself you, people can see 360 your entire body i think you just need to be like go with it <laughs> embrace it <laughs> i think and no so yeah i mean for me i'm not what and no finer words have been said than to embrace all your curves i think that's a great I'll embrace it all i mean you know what because of my job in the past uh well as a and now as a host i was always focusing on putting the spotlight on other people and sometimes to a fault where I would literally then look at myself after the fact to look at the video and be like, wow, I really should have taken care of myself a bit more that day. <laughs> but, uh, but it, it, I, because of uh, advice I got told once I was working for CBS news and I was a bit younger and the cameraman, I kept on asking, Oh, do I look good? Is my hair okay? And he goes, you know, I would just focus more on what's coming out of your now it's like what you're saying, right. what you're looking like right now. <laughs> and they go, okay, we're taken. <laughs> well, and I was saying to you offline that people don't realize that you're also a businesswoman. You're running this company. So you're not only the host, but you're also the entrepreneur. And I'm always wondering, how are you balancing both? Uh, it's difficult. It was difficult. I love being an entrepreneur. I come from a family of entrepreneurs. So it's always been in my blood. Like, I've never had a real time job. I was always, in a way, even if I was talent, still an entrepreneur. I would say there's a lot of talent. Well, if you saw the stars now or digital stars, they're all entrepreneurs building their own brands of themselves. And, you know, Karen Southern also is a friend and a creator to that, too. She's like, she called it like an entertainer or something like weird things together, <laughs> entertainment and entrepreneur. 
And, but you know, this is a different than I, yeah, I'm a CEO and I have eight staff and I joke around like what keeps me up at night isn't thinking about like what I'm going to look like in VR or uh, how high quality, you know, if the video is where you can see every little form wrinkle, I'm thinking about how I'm going to pay my staff. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? My monthly burn, that's like the sexiness that keeps me up at night. So it's definitely, you know, um, because it's challenges, it's also very empowering to be able to like walk into your space and know like, oh, this is mine and this is a space where it's an expression of my passions. And at any point in time, I could build whatever I want. So we have an idea right now. We could just turn on lights and shoot it. Like, that's, there's a lot of freedom in that. That's what with freedom comes limitations. <laughs> Obviously, we're, uh, while we've been around since 2011, I still consider it all a startup. And definitely, we're constantly looking at, you know, revenue and how we're going to get to the next step. And do we raise money? And how are we going to do that? And that sometimes doesn't allow me to be up as much, which I love. Like, I, I love interviewing people and being on air. Uh, but I knew in growing what's trending beyond what's trending, what Cheryl is as a show while gave me lots of accolades, I wanted to build something that was beyond me and that could live beyond me and could also inspire other entertainers and hosts and be a platform for them to share what they're passionate about what they're seeing and excited about. And so we have other talent now and we're able to not interview people, involve people in our platform and it is a place to connect with their audience. I don't know. I find that really exciting. So Cheryl, we have to take that, um, we have to take a quick break to to come okay. back and hear more. But um, when we wrap okay. up, we're going to find out where Shira is at, where's her next uh, events and more on the, uh, entertainer entertainer that is sheer yes, uh, on the tech cat show have you friended us on facebook yet why not just go to facebook.com forward slash voice america or search for the keywords voice america once you are part of our facebook network you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows this week's featured guests and new happenings at the voice america talk radio network and you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline just go to facebook.com forward slash voice america or search for voice america the key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform. Innovate. Create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. What does a visual workplace mean to you? How does it contribute to operational excellence? And what steps do you take to put it powerfully in place? Listen to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense to find out. Each week, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, shares tools and strategies to help you make the workplace speak at a glance without saying a word. Learn to work safer, faster, better, and at far less cost no matter what business you're in. Tune in to The Visual Workplace, Every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. 
out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to Lori at TechCat.tv. That's Lori at TechCat.tv. And the fun never ends chatting it up with Shira Lazar, the what's trending goddess of all things. And Shira, where are you going to be next? Because you're, you're everywhere. So tell us where we can, we can find you. Um, well, happy hour today. After <laughs> I see this, no, <laughs> uh, I will be at South by Southwest. We're going to be doing a mixer on Saturday uh, with a bunch of other digital media companies and talent. And then on Sunday, around social good and social action. So you can look out for that. Um, I, we'll be posting it this morning at facebook.com slash what's trending, twitter.com slash what's trending. Also on my personal, Cheryl Lazar social across the board. So that's coming up. Uh, we have some, you know, a lot of things we're working on linear to a brand building campaign. The, the Red Cross campaign is going to be continuing through April with a big event at the iHeart Theater, which once again, uh, anyone listening can RSVP to and attend. Just follow our socials. And also I would say subscribe to our newsletter on whatstrending.com because there will also have ways to get involved with all the events and things we do. It's a great way to keep up to date with uh, the content that you really need to know about and the creators that are trending. And I'm trying to think of what else. I don't know. There's always something new. So, well, what about <laughs> where, where can people follow you? You're obviously you're a big. Um, you're using all the different social media platforms. What are your um, hashtags? Uh, at Shira Lazar, ShiraLazar.com. Even though I don't really populate that as much as I should, I, I do vlog. I post a, my own personal vlog every weekend, usually on YouTube.com/ShiraLazar and Facebook.com/ShiraLazar. So you find me all across the board, but typically I'm like Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and a bit of my personal YouTube. But the the first three are the ones I'm more, most active on. And then Snapchat. Oh, my God. <laughs> Snapchat's like one. I can't believe I didn't use that as like something I'm looking at right now. Snapchat is only something that is we're all kind of trying to figure out, okay, as a company, like unless you're on Discover, like how can you really use Snapchat in an interesting way? Um, um, That's what we're thinking about. Well, a lot of people are asking me about Snapchat, and the thing that's so hard for those of us that are maybe generationally disconnected from the platform in terms of our own behaviors, it's really hard to experience it when none of your friends are on it. Um, you know, so that even if you try and play... You, get, you have to get younger friends, Lori. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can be friends with a 12-year-old. Don't you have kids? That's what kids are for. Yeah, you date storm, do not storm jokes around. Listen to this. <laughs> I know. Well, Dave Storm, actually, um, he's a BB2 star. He has a son, and his son's the one who got him into Vine. Like, if it wasn't for his son... He was doing his YouTube channel, and he actually ditched his YouTube channel for a year to do, do Vine, and he listened to his son. So he, he always says he goes where his son tells him. Like, if his son's there and his friends uh, are there, he'll go to that platform and start building. So oh, I think cool. that, yeah, I think you have to go in the trenches of where, you know, who's using these tools. So, you know, obviously, if you don't have friends that are using these tools and you don't want to be creepy, 
<laughs> or do you, you, you know if you have kids or yeah right if you have kids or nephews or nieces or family members that are that age I, I saw a BuzzFeed post also with this guy that um, ended up doing this like investigative piece on Snapchat with his niece and he spent you know weekends or weeks Snapchatting with her and really got a sense of the platform so like little experiments like that I think really make people understand why and how people are using it and then, because I don't think the Discover platform showcases, like, how actually users are, are using it and consuming. Right, right. Because obviously, right. They, yeah. Right, it's because it's, uh, it's the branded play. What, what about, what, yeah. do, what do you do on a daily basis to keep up? Because you're really one of the, you know, most connected, smartest people I know in terms of what's happening out there in the digital media space. Are you, do you read a whole bunch of newsletters in the morning? You know, how do you figure out what's going on? Yeah, I'll just look out, kind of put my eyes on, you know, the usual synopsis, two filter, video ink, and I'm constantly going on. Actually, Facebook, I find a lot of my content right now because I happen to have a lot of cool friends. You're one of them. (laughs) Well, people that are part of the early adopter crowd. And so every time my friends are sharing something, whether it be just a viral video like that's going to go mainstream to consumers or a tech more a techie trend or more of a new media, digital media trend. Like I find a lot of things through my community there because a lot of them are the founders of these things. Uh, they're the investors and the VCs. And so they're sharing and talking about things before a lot of people. And that's like, honestly, all, I'm just constantly finding the weirdest stuff there. Like my boyfriend makes fun of me because he's like, what the hell are you reading? Like I'm just, I'm always reading and sharing art things links that I'm finding. And do you and do so, it in early in the uh, morning? I mean, is there a pattern? At all that? different times. No, I just kind of scroll through it. Maybe it's a bit of a, uh, an addiction thing. <laughs> I'm always <laughs> just like picking up. But whenever I just have a moment, I'll just pick up and see what people are looking at sharing. Um, you know, I'll, I'll be scrolling on Twitter. It's kind of harder visually, I find, to like really uh, see standout content. And yeah, I just keep my eye out for things. And, you know, in our office, our, we're all on a chat, in a chat room. So we'll be constantly sharing things throughout the day also as they're, ha- as they're happening. But I'm just always keeping my eye out. And then I try to, you know, read more on the weekends, more, you know, longer form stuff. And actually what's trending has a weekly podcast where we look at the big stories that were shared that week. We have special guests every week that are digital influencers and creators that are also launching new projects. So we have like Rooster Teeth on whose laser team movie was like number 11 at the box office. So a lot of fun stuff that happens there. Uh, that's on iTunes, the What's Trending podcast and soundcloud.com slash what's trending every Friday. It goes up. Fantastic. And podcasts, of course, are the new hot thing, which is why we're doing this on Voice America now. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, we thought for us, it's like a fun community thing. Also, I get my staff gets involved. We have someone always that joins me from our team, and then it allows talent to come through, you know, what's trending, and we continue to have that connection with them. And it's another form of content that can be distributed across multiple platforms. And, yeah. And users we do a video highlight. To- yeah, we, we do a video highlight of it that we post to Facebook and YouTube, and then you could obviously listen to the longer version on iTunes and SoundCloud. And then I also like it because we could bring it offline to events in real life and like have that 
those full conversations in front of people at big events. Right. So it's another way to engage people in that live world that you were talking about has become so important and so hot right now. Yeah. Well, that's how people share things when they experience them. So it's another way for people to connect with the brand. I don't know. I, I found they've built so many relationships and also our brand has been strengthened and grown through also events and offline activations. And and doing that, those different types. I mean, the thing for me is how do you, you know, ha- keep track of where your content goes and where it should go and when to release it? And that that's what all these great social strategists do. But that has to be part of what you're thinking about all the time as well. Yeah, every day. We come out with, we release five, sometimes four, five pieces of original video content every day, actually. Because we know which trending has different formats under which trending. And then we also release like a minimum 12 blog posts a day. And this is just with our small team. We're obviously in the next phase of figuring out how do we scale that and build that. And obviously that requires resources, people, more money and all that. But just with our team where there's one person in each division almost, we're pumping out like almost sometimes on a good day, you could say, could be 20 pieces of content, quote unquote which could range from a blog post to an original video. And then social throughout the day. So every hour we're posting on social, we'll do live tweeting around events, all that type of stuff. So yeah, we're, we're constantly thinking about that and when, when to post, when's the best time on Facebook versus Twitter versus Instagram, creating best practices around that, experimenting, A-B testing. So that's, it's, there's not really, I would say, yeah, a process that I've like uh, nailed you're, down. You're inside of, of the world and you... Um, You've built your community around you. Well, we're going to be wrapping it up on the Tech Cat Show with the Shira Lazar. So you have to check out whatstrending.com and go to Shira's uh, variety of, of, of places where she's posting and really aggregating all of these influencers and creators and, and sharing with the world, you know, what are the latest cultural trends and business trends and really a, a business powerhouse in the digital media space. So it's, it's so awesome to have you, Shira. And Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Great to chat with you more formally as opposed to the various events. Okay. <laughs> and if this you're is out, sad. This is how we catch up. And if you're out at South by, go and check out what, what, what's trending is up to and be one of the cool people when you're hanging out with the fabulous Shira Lazar. This is Lori Schwartz, your tech cat, and we'll be chatting again next week. Thanks so much for listening to the Tech Cat Show. Please join Lori H. Schwartz again for another great program next Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel and syndicated to the Voice America Women's Channel. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.